You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. I've been struggling, as many of you have, with the acceptance of the idea around the coronavirus of a new normal uh, for months. And I won't say that about that. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk to you about that as we go on. But I was listening to something, this phrase was spoken, and, and immediately I felt like the, the Lord, in fact, I had to pull over twice to take notes because I felt like the Lord started to speak to me about this idea of the new normal and what we should accept and what we should not accept as Christians. Because the basic idea of a new normal is a very biblical idea. We all live right now in a new normal. We all live in a brand new life that is totally different. We have moved from one kingdom to another. We've moved from, from the culture of the earth to the culture of heaven. We Everything changed the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ. Everything changed the day you invited the Holy Spirit to flood you and fill you. Everything changes practically every time we receive a revelation from God. There's something permanent that changes on the inside of us that we need to live in. We, we live in a continual, hopefully, we are supposed to live in a continual process of transformation we're supposed to be living in this, this process. We're moving, the Bible calls it moving from one degree of glory to another, to another, to another, to another, right? We see this played out in many different ways throughout the scripture. We see, we see uh, Israel moving from Egypt into the promised land. We see, uh, you know, I always think of that moment where at the very beginning of the book of Joshua, just those scriptures always impact me where God came you know, here the whole nation was grieving the death of Moses. And God came and he said, at, at a point, he let him grieve for a while. But then there was a point where he said, Moses, my servant is dead. Just like that. Just like that. Moses, my servant is dead. Therefore, you get up. I'm talking to Joshua, but he said, you and this whole nation, get up, get across the Jordan, move into the next stage. Well, everything changed when they crossed that river. They moved from what most of us mistakenly think the blessing of God looks like, that everything was provided for them. They had manna from heaven. They had water out of a rock. Their shoes didn't wear. That's what we think the, the living and the blessing of God should look like. But you watch them move into the new land and know they had to fight battles for what God had already promised. And they had to work and then their work was blessed. There was favor and blessing on their work. They started tending to orchards and fields and they had to work, you know? So, so we, a lot, that's a different message, but we, you know, a lot of us have that whole thing confused. Nevertheless, they moved from one way of living into a whole another one. We see this all, all through the scripture. So here's what this, here's what this term means, the new normal. It means a previously unfamiliar, unknown, unexpected or atypical situation has become standard, usual, and expected. Okay, it, has, it was something we didn't know, we've never experienced something like that, didn't expect it, all of a sudden it is now standard, it's usual, it's something to be accepted, right? We talk about a lot of times that in regard to faith 
and in regard to the miraculous, we talk about the fact that what faith looks like is that when the impossible starts to look totally reasonable, that's when we know we're actually in faith. When it just looks like God says this, and the first time he says it, it looks like, well, okay, you know, you said it, so okay, but I don't know how that's going to happen. And at some point, our hearts engage with this. It just, yeah, yeah, God can do that. Why can't God do that? Yeah, that's, that's normal. That's, you know, it's an, it's an example of us accepting something that was impossible in the past or unheard of in the past. But the problem is that this, I, this phrase has become this buzz phrase designed to encourage people to accept their current circumstances as permanent. All right, and, and de- depending on what that's based on, we need to do that with God's stuff. We need to not do that with world stuff, okay? We're not of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. The world is not our home. The governments of this world are not our home. The, the decisions of the world are not necessarily our decisions, okay? And, there, and there's always this issue of, of working with that, respecting authority, and, you know, I, I have a mask around my neck, okay? It's not keeping me from worshiping God, all right? I'm not going to... Fi- don't we have something better to do than to fight over whether we wear a mask or don't wear a mask or when we wear a mask or what we're going to do? I mean, come on. So, um, and I know there are big principles behind some of that, but it's become a little ridiculous at this point. Um, so, so it's become this, I remember the first time I encountered this term for me was in regard to grief. And it was with friends who had lost, uh, you know, spouses and or, and or children. Uh, but in particular, a couple of friends that lost their spouses. And these were not only marriages, but really close relationships. People in ministry together, people who were best friends, people were, you know, and they lost their spouse. And everything in their life changed. And I mean, dramatically changed from one day to the next. And as they went through grief share or, you know, some different programs like that and learned some things about grief, this was one of the terms that came up is you will eventually, grief will bring you, it's designed to take us from living the way things were to living the way things are now. That's why grief can get out of hand and, and, you know, if we don't use it right, but God has... This can't be the right way to say that God has given us grief uh, as it's a means to bring us from one place to another. It really is a vehicle to take us from one place to another. And that new place they call the new normal because it is. It's sometimes things happen in life that change. It's changed forever, at least for now. You know, on this planet, it's changed. And so we have to adapt to that. And, and that's not a bad thing. That happens. It happens. Things happen physically to people sometimes, and they have to adapt to it. You know, all of us age. All of us age. And, the, yeah. and things, you know, your body ages. And, and there's a lot you can do about that. And, and I don't think we should just, I mean, I've known people on all sides of this. I've known people who were 40 and acted like they were 80. 
and, and didn't need to. They didn't have a physical problem. They just had a mentality that, oh, I'm old now. I shouldn't do anything. And so their bodies started breaking down. I mean, there's a lot we can do about that and a lot we should do in resisting that at some point. We should be believing God. You know, the scripture talks about, uh, you know, people being 80 years old and their eye wasn't dimmed. And, you know, I mean, that, that's what we're believing God for is long, healthy lives. Absolutely. But at the same time, you know, there's that whole thing where people are 60 and they try to act like they're 25. And it's, it's hard on you. It, uh, it's hard on your body. It's hard emotionally. You know, men that think they have to try to look like they're 25 when they're 60. Women too. You know, anyway, I don't want to get too personal about it. But it's one of those things that we see a lot of foolishness along those lines. But the fact is, we all age. And there's a way to do it gracefully. And there's a way to um, accept the part that needs to be accepted and fight for the part that needs to be fought for. So anyway, the first place I heard that term was around the issue of grief. And it was very appropriate there. And then, you know, these days it's a very politically charged term. It has, uh, it's used by a lot of political leaders to try, again, to try and get people to accept something that doesn't necessarily need to be accepted. And, and sometimes it's just flat wrong. I remember after the, the crash in whatever it was, 2008, 2009, uh, you know, that we were told by our leaders, this is the new normal. This economy will never flourish again. Get used to it. This is, this is, this is normal. Well, 10 years later, that wasn't true. I mean, people... People are wrong a lot in what they say, especially when there's politics involved in it. And there's gotten to be so much politics in this thing that for me personally, I don't know what the truth is anymore. I don't know what the truth is about the virus, about the numbers, about any of that. I, I know the truth is there's a lot of politics in it, okay? And it's being used and it's an election year and all of that. So, so... When I'm, when I'm told, and, and this is what came up in me. You know, I'll just, I'll just say this. What came up in me when I was driving up the valley, and I heard that term, what came up in me is I absolutely reject the idea that my future and my opportunities and my activities will be dictated by a disease that has no right to occupy my body based on what Jesus Christ did for me. I know it's real. I know people get it. I know all of us. We all believe that Jesus Christ is our healer and that his best for us is divine health. And yet we still get sick sometimes and we fight those battles and we fight them together. And this is the way it's going to be on planet earth. We're not winning 100% yet. We need to see a lot more winning in that area. But to, but to say, no, this is the new normal. This is how it'll be for the rest of your life. Get used to masks. Get used to lockdowns. Get used to not being able to travel and spread the gospel. Get used to being told, as they are in California right now, that you can't worship God with song in church anymore. That's a direct violation of the scripture. Anyway, don't get me started on that. I'm just saying, we're being, this phrase is being used to say, this is the new normal, get used to it. My heart says, I absolutely reject that, especially a disease has no right to occupy my body. If it tries, it's going to get a battle, okay? 
but it's a disease I don't even have. I know some people do. I'm trying to respect that. I'm, you know, we got to find that middle ground on this. It is a real disease and it is really hurting some people. But my point is to let, to, to just accept whole, just swallow the hook that no, all of this is just the way it's going to be forever based on a disease when Jesus died for that. And based on a disease I don't have. If, if, if I were to lose the use of my legs, that would be a new normal that I would have to, I'd still, I'd pray, I'd fight the battle. I'd believe God for that to come back. But I'm saying, you know, I would have to make an adjustment to that. But to have all of that imposed based on something that I, I don't even have, I just, it just rises up in my heart. I absolutely refuse to think of this as a new normal. I think of it as something, a place for God to show himself strong, a place to be, a, a disease to be overcome and put down, a, a disease for the wisdom of God to come in. And, and if it's through a vaccine, whatever, with, you know, divine healing, vaccine, whatever, it's all working together for people to be whole. That's where we want to be pushing in not just giving in to the political structure and all of that. So, so anyway, and you can sort all that out. I think you get what I'm trying to say in this is that we need to understand that kind of new normal. When the world tells me this is your new normal, I as a Christian need to step back and really evaluate what's being said. Because the concept of new normal is fine as long as it's my new normal coming from God and his will and his activity in my life. That new normal, I will pursue with all my heart. What the world tries to put on me, that in my opinion is something to be resisted. You get what I'm saying? So I want to talk to you the rest of the time we have. We're just going to look at some scriptures. I want us to think about this idea. Again, our lives have come from one place into a totally different place and are headed to the fullness of what Jesus has done for us. So the, what is, what's the believer's new normal? I just want to read some of these verses today for whatever time we have. I mean, the New Testament is astounding in what it says if we're paying attention. And this is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 6 uh, in the Amplified. Is that what that says down there? That's what it is. So let me just read this. Just let this soak into you. It says, and you, notice the, notice the verb tenses here. He made alive. You, he made alive. That means this has already happened. This is a finished fact. You, he made alive when you were spiritually dead. So I was spiritually dead. He made me alive. He gave me his new life. That's a, new, that's my, that's a believer's new normal. I live in divine life. All right. I'm no longer spiritually dead. I'm no longer separated from God. That one, I accept. You were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and sins in, once, in which you once walked. That means I let, I let sin and sin ideas, sin thoughts, all of that direct my life, my activities, and all of that at one time. You were following the ways of this world. So again, you were. This is the old normal. 
You are following the ways of the world, influenced by this present age, in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. Among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh. I used to live just directed by the flesh, just directed by whatever emotion and desire and appetite came up on the inside. We don't live that way anymore. The new normal is we live by the Spirit. We walk by the Spirit. And I know, I know, we're not in this 100%, but it's there 100%. It's available 100%. When we walk by the Spirit, we don't gratify the lust of the flesh. If we just try and resist the lust of the flesh, we fail every time. But if we walk by the Spirit, we pursue the things of the Spirit, the other things tend to fall away. Those desires, those cravings, those, those dictates just fall away and, and we are changed from one degree of glory to another. So we used to live in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by the sinful self, indulging the desires of human nature without the Holy Spirit and the impulse of the sinful mind. We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind, but God. Every time I read this, that I just stop and rejoice in those two words, but God. All that was true, but God. Being so very rich in mercy because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive together with Christ. Alive together with Christ. When Jesus was raised from the dead, he had you in his heart. And you, even though you weren't born yet, you just got to take this stuff, you know, there's no time in the spirit realm. Even though you weren't born yet, you were raised with him. You came out of that tomb with him. Is that good? I'm glad two of you got it. That's, it's, this is an awesome scripture. Even when we are spiritually dead, separated from him, he made us alive together with Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. That is the believer's new normal. Our life, we should have this perspective you know, and again, I don't want to talk about the corona thing all morning. I just, you know, the, the, the pressure is to see everything through the lens of the virus. But we need to see everything through the lens of I'm seated at the right hand of God in Christ Jesus. Life looks a lot different from there. Every decision we make, every pressure that comes against us looks a lot different from that position. That is our position. That is our new normal all right, we live in this place. We, we walk in this place. We walk from this place. All right, so here are, here are some, well, let me, let me read some more verses to you. Colossians chapter one, verses nine through 14. Again, I'm gonna be reading from the Amplified and I, I'm not sure if it's the old Amplified or the new Amplified, but at any rate, uh, Colossians one, beginning in verse nine. Listen to this. For this reason, since the day we heard about it, we have not stopped praying for you, asking specifically that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom, 
with insight into his purposes and in understanding of spiritual things. Just that one verse. It's totally life-changing. Paul and his team, led by the Holy Spirit, were praying this for the whole church at Colossae. They were praying this for believers. If they were praying this by the Holy Spirit, then this is a reflection of the will of God for us. This is a reflection of what he wants for our everyday new normal for us to live in. To live, to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom. So that means when I come up against a problem, when I come up against a crazy circumstance, I need to be able to stop and ask God, Lord, I need spiritual wisdom. I need wisdom on how to handle this practical situation. I need the wisdom that comes from your heart, from your mind, from, how, from your view of this. I need to know how to handle it from that perspective. James told us that if we ask God for wisdom, he will give it to us abundantly. He will give it to us generously, liberally. He will pour it out. And I know it doesn't always happen in the instant we ask. I believe it comes in the instant we ask, but a lot of times it takes our hearts a while to be able to wrap around it. But that idea will come up. That new way of doing something will come up. That answer will come up. There are so many situations... We were just in a, it's way too long to tell you about today, but we were just in a situation among some of our neighbors and and some wood piles and things anyway. Some people got their feathers ruffled about some things that had happened and some wood needed to be moved and stuff. And when it first happened earlier this week, it, there were people that were upset that had, had invited us to put wood on their property and then changed their minds. And there were, you know, there were different things going on among neighbors and the main thing was, I, I know that none of us wanted to fight among neighbors. You know, there was a solution to this. But, but there were some things that were being um, believed. So, uh, this person whose land the wood was on thought that uh, the, the police were, the sheriff was out looking at the wood piles. It was too much and he was going to be in trouble. I knew right away in my heart that just wasn't true. I mean, he wasn't lying about it. They had come out and taken pictures of these wood piles. But I knew in my heart that if we just calm down for a couple days, a solution will arise for this and it'll be fine for everybody. And that's exactly what happened. I just knew. So we could have all gotten in a bigger turmoil. We could have all moved real quickly. To There were all kinds of suggestions that came up for solutions. And I just kept having in my heart and I kept telling these two neighbors as much as I could because they're not believers and, and I just had to present it to them. Now, I, think if we, I think if we just take a little time here, everything's going to be okay. And it was. Everything got sorted out. Everything's fine. Everything's cool. Everybody's happy. There's no police involved. I don't know what that was. But at any rate, sometimes you just know that's just not the way it really is. I know that's the way it looks, but that's not real that's going to go away. And it does. Or sometimes you know, no, I got to take this action right here. Spiritual wisdom. The, the, it is God's will for you to be filled with a knowledge of his will. That should be our normal. And, and again, I, we've got to, you know, I understand we don't feel like we always know his will, but that's what he wants. 
So if that's what he wants, then we can press into that. And we can pray this prayer over ourselves. And we can say, Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will. What do you want to do here? What do we need to do? What do I need to do here? Let's go on. And because of all that, to have this spiritual knowledge and wisdom and understanding of spiritual things, so that, there's a reason for this, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. I love this. Displaying admirable character, moral courage, and personal integrity. Because of having this insight, when we're living in that new normal that he has given to us, we walk, we live. That word walk, is a, it's a Greek word. It's a compound word, peripateo. And it means to walk all around in. In other words, all your life, you're, you're walking around. Every aspect of your life is revolving in this realm. And you are walking. You're, you're moving in it. You're, you're, it's not just something you know. It's, you're moving in it. And, and when we have his, this spiritual insight, we move in a manner that's worthy of God. Admirable character grows out of that. Moral courage, the ability to say yes, the ability to say no, the ability to forgive, the ability to be upfront about your shortcomings, the ability to be truthful when it's hard. You know, all of those, moral courage boldness. Stand up and be who God's made you to be. How awesome is that? Personal integrity. To fully please him in all things. Other translations say to live a life that is pleasing to God. You know, a lot of times we talk about a life of obedience and, and that's good. Nothing wrong with that. But if I, I find it's much better to think of my life in terms of what is pleasing to God. Because I can obey, sort of, from a wrong heart. That's not pleasing to God. Uh, I can disobey from a right, from a right heart. Can you do that? Uh, it, you know, it, you, can, you can be obedient to the letter of the law, but not by any means fulfill the spirit of it. God wants us, we can live a life that actually pleases him. I pray that about our services. I pray that about all kinds of things. That Lord, I want this to be pleasing to you. I want this to, <laughs> I hate those things. Don't tell my wife. Uh, only because of that. <laughs> now she's, well, never mind. <laughs> Gary just knocked one of your flowers down. Uh, uh, the only reason I hate them is because when I try and put those things up, they get in my face. And anyway. That's probably an example of something that's not pleasing to God right there. <laughs> Let's move on. You get it. I love this idea of thinking of my life, is this pleasing to you? Does this put a smile on your face? Um, and it, it's like fully pleasing him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing in the knowledge of God with deeper faith, clear insight, and a fervent love for his precepts. Some of the other translations say um, steadily growing in a knowledge of God and, and um, I, don't, I can't think of what they say now, but it's the idea of becoming more and more hungry for his word. You know, loving his word, loving his precepts, drawing that out of him. That's our new normal. That's, the, that's our new normal, okay? 
We pray that you may be strengthened and invigorated with all power. How many of you need that sometimes? According to his glorious might to attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy. To have all the time, to have these two qualities functioning in our hearts. Endurance is the ability, it's basically that word means patience with circumstances. Endurance, being able to persevere, being able to stand up under the weight of circumstance. And, and both of these words are sometimes translated patience in English, but one of them has to do with circumstances. The other one has to do with people. The second one, patience. Endurance and patience. That patience means patience with people, specifically. Patience in relationships. Patience with people who are being ugly to you. Patience with people who are treating you badly. It's a supernatural gift. It's a quality of God's character. All right, so, so that we would attain every kind of endurance and patience with joy. With joy. Thank you, Jesus. Giving thanks to the Father. So a life of gratitude. It's our new normal. Giving thanks. Man, I can't tell you how many times. What time is it I can't tell you how many times this comes up uh, in our own lives and in ministering to people that we get so down and so under and so often we've, we've stopped giving thanks for the stuff that is going right, the stuff that is good, the stuff that you can see God doing. You've got to have that dominate your prayer life, and your thought life. And then you can deal with the stuff that's not good and not going well, but we always have so much to be thankful for. And as far as if you find yourself getting depressed, you find yourself getting fearful, you find yourself getting under hopeless, any of those things, I'm talking about in a very practical way, begin to worship God And thank God, we enter his courts with thanksgiving. It's our doorway into his presence by giving thanks. And your body won't feel like it. Your emotions won't feel like it. It'll be hard at first, literally, to to start to speak out those words. But you need to speak out those words. And the transformation that happens is astounding on the inside. We need to be grateful people. When we're having these conversations right now, I mean, good grief, in this country, there's so much division, so much anger, so much strife, you know, and I mean, the mask thing is, is just, I'm just using it as an example. I mean, there's people that are, hate people that wear a mask, hate people that don't wear a mask, you know, it's like, good grief, just do your thing. It's a beautiful day out. You know what? Let's talk about something besides the masks. You know, I'll I'll put mine up while we talk about it, if you like. Okay, I'll do whatever. Let's enjoy the birds. Let's enjoy, you know, that we live in a beautiful place, that we have food on the table, that we are employed, that we have, you know, anything. I mean, anything besides griping. That was one of the things. You look through the Old Testament, God did not like his people murmuring. It comes up over and over. I mean, that's when, you know, uh, you know, that's when the ground would swallow them up. That's when, that's when the snakes came out, you know? I mean, there was always this murmuring and complaining and griping. And those were people that had food falling out of the sky 
uh, you know, they could pick it up every day but one, you know, they could pick it up and, and water coming out of the rock and their shoes weren't wearing out, still found reasons to complain. It's all about what we decide to do. It's all about our attitude. So our new normal is joy and thanksgiving, right? Right? Yes. For he has rescued us and drawn us to himself, has, past tense. He has rescued us, drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption because of his sacrifice resulting in the forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of our sins penalty. Let me just give you those words. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. This word for rescue, it means to rescue or to deliver from danger or harm by drawing somebody into, drawing someone to yourself and into your sphere of protective custody. So there are different ways to deliver somebody. You could send somebody to rescue somebody. You could throw them a rope and pull them up, you know. But this is a word that, that has this context of it's grabbing somebody by the hands and pulling them to yourself and into your protective realm. That's what Jesus did for us. That's what God did for us. So he, he rescued us. He pulled us to himself out of the dominion of darkness. This, this word dominion comes from the Greek word exousia, and it's the word where we would get the word authority. Okay, it's authority. It's not just power. You know, there's power and there's authority. With a policeman, the, the gun is power, the badge is authority, right? And, and so the authority to exercise power. We were pulled out of Satan's kingdom and out of his, he has no authority to exercise power in your life. He only has any authority over us when we give it to him, usually through our words or our actions, something like that. He has no authority other than that. We have been pulled out of his realm of authority and pulled into God's realm of authority. Does that make sense to you? All right. So in any area, whether it's a temptation, whether it's an oppression, whether it's an attack, I mean, he does work illegally. So he'll do these things. But you, your new normal is to stand and say, you have no authority to touch this in my life. You have no authority to bring that disease into my life. I will only, Psalm 91, thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near my dwelling. We need to stand in the promises of God and be rescuers and helpers for people in these situations. There's nothing haughty about that at all. It's just we have been given authority to help people in these situations. That needs to be our place. The word transferred, translated, it means to move from one place uh, to stand, to set upright in another. It denotes a complete change of environment, position, and condition. Okay, it's often used of moving from one office to another. In other words, from one status, from one purpose, from one place of authority to another. He transferred us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We have a new office. We have a new place. All right, let me just finish this up. 
I want to read these some verses to you here. And I want you to just let these soak in. These are from the Passion Translation. These couple of passages have just been going over and over and over and over in me. Our new normal is to live in a culture of miracles, but of the wonder and awe that comes with all of that. The amazement. We should be living in this, this just an amazement at what God is doing in life. And that doesn't have to be growing a new leg, okay? That can be a change in your heart that comes, a breakthrough, the ability to forgive somebody that you haven't been able to forgive for years and years and years. That's a miracle. There are miracles. I want to see more new legs, okay? I want to see more hearts fixed. I want, and I mean physical hearts. I want to see... I want to see cancer defeated. I want to see more of that. I have a passion to see more of that. But there are all kinds of miracles that happen. All kinds. But I just want to read some passages here. If you have the Passion Translation, you can read along with me. Otherwise, just, just let the atmosphere that's described here, let it soak in. That's what it's been doing to me, is soaking in just what this is like and that this should be our new normal. This is Matthew chapter 15, verses 29 through 31. Matthew 15, 29 through 31. It says, uh, After leaving Lebanon, Jesus went to Lake Galilee and climbed a hill nearby and sat down. Then huge crowds of people streamed up the hill, bringing with them, get this list, the lame, and that doesn't mean just... Uh, never mind. I'm not going to mess it up with jokes. The lame, the blind, the deformed, the mute, and many others in need of healing. They laid them at Jesus' feet and he healed them all. And the crowds marveled with rapture and amazement. I just can't get past that, that phrase. The crowds just imagine what this had to be like. These people brought people they'd known for all their lives. They brought people with them and they brought them to Jesus and these people were healed of these tremendous things. The crowds marveled with rapture and amazement, astounded over the things they were witnessing with their own eyes. This should be our new normal. The lame were walking the mute were speaking, the crippled were made well, the blind could see. For three days, everyone celebrated the miracles as they exalted and praised the God of Israel. I just have been able to, I've been sitting on our back deck in the morning reading that for a couple of weeks. And I just, I can just see, I can, I can smell it. I can, you know, here's this huge crowd of people and, and you can imagine the exchanges, the joy of the people that were being healed and just the amazement and the wonder and the celebrating what God was doing. You know, oh, I brought my uncle and, you know, and he was, he hasn't been, his foot's been broken since he was a kid. And now he's, he's the one that's over there running around, you know, and jumping. That's my uncle, you know, I mean, like that, you know, this was my neighbor who was blind. He's been blind his whole life. We go over and take care of his sheep. We, you know. He's, look, here he is, you know, he's seeing. I mean, just the, 
the wonder, the amazement. I just feel like so often we get pulled down into the world's stuff. And it doesn't have to be about blind, lame, broken. It can, it can be any, I think it's our attitude toward what God is doing to live in a celebration of what he's doing. I just know this is to be the believer's new normal. This is, this should be, this is our life. Okay, one more. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Again, from the Passion Translation. Of course, this is right after the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the day of Pentecost. And they come out of the upper room. They're speaking in other tongues. People are understanding what they're saying in their own languages. All of this stuff's going on. And then as life goes on, okay, and they're just beginning to do life in the power of the Holy Spirit, it says, one afternoon, Peter and John went up to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. So this was a normal thing. This wasn't, this wasn't Christmas day. This was just a normal thing. They went up for the three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate, they were captured by the sight of a crippled man from birth being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. They were captured by the sight. Now, this was not the first time they'd seen this guy. They all went up there at three o'clock every day. This guy was brought up there. This wasn't even the Sabbath. It was one afternoon. But this day, it says they were captured by the sight of this guy being brought up. That is something that I personally am really hungry for. I've experienced it, but I want to experience it a lot more. I, this, I, I want to be walking through the store or driving down the street or walking through my neighborhood or whatever and be captured by prayer that needs to happen for somebody, by somebody in need. It doesn't even a lot of times, and I'm sure a lot of you have had this happen. That's exactly what happens. The Holy Spirit just draws your eyes to something. He draws your heart to something. You could be walking through your neighborhood in the evening. And if you are sensitive, you're praying for your neighbors. It doesn't have to be some big overt thing. God will show you something in your heart that's going on in a household or, or at least tell you that household needs prayer. You don't have to know anything about it, but it'll grab your heart. It'll capture your heart. If we're listening to the Spirit of God in the way that we should be, things will capture our hearts and you'll just know, I need to pray for these people. And you might need to pray that way for, you might not see anything. You may never see anything. You may eventually get a release from it. Something changed. Or you may find out, or you may be led into a further interaction with the people, whatever. But when your heart gets captured by something, give your attention to it. It says that they... They were, they were captured by the sight of this man being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those who were going in to worship. When he noticed Peter and John going to the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John looking straight into the eyes. You can see it's just the Spirit of God just drew him to this guy. To the crippled man said, look at us, expecting a gift. He readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but what I give you, uh, but I'll give you this, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man. As he pulled the man to his feet, suddenly power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. The man jumped up, stood there. I love this. He stood there for a moment, stunned, 
and then began to walk around. As they went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praises to God. He stood there stunned. A lot of times, I mean, that's going to be the result so often of us getting to minister to people. It might be taking them groceries, but they're stunned by the fact that anybody cared that much about them. It might be a very simple act. It honestly might be just, you know, honestly, I've seen times where just being kind to somebody has had a huge impact on them because nobody's been kind to them in an awful long time, or they just needed it that day. I just want, this should be our normal, walking through life, things we've seen a hundred times, but one day it captures us. One day it calls to us. And it's God moving in us to minister there. That's our world. This other stuff is the world we live in. It's not the world we're of. It's the world we minister to. It's not the world that dictates our future. Okay, does this make sense to you? I, I just, I, I want so much more of this. I've got a whole list here. I'm not going to give you this morning, but just think about what the culture of heaven is like. What's it like in heaven? That's what we're supposed to be bringing to earth. Okay. Let's stand up and pray this morning. Did you get anything out of this? I feel better. So that's what, that's what matters. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that this, that we are able to discern Father, what our new normal is, what our new life is. And, and I know, Father, in this, we don't need to be, I don't want more us and them. I don't want more division. I, 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 I certainly hope that hasn't come across today, Father. But for us as believers to be focused on who you are, what you have done for us, and the life that you have given us. And it is a different life. This is our purpose. This is who we are. And I pray, Father, for all of us, for anybody listening to this message, I pray, Lord, that our hearts would be captured by the reality of all that you have done, all that you have provided, who you have called us to be in this earth, and the mission that you have given us to bring heaven to earth in very practical ways. We thank you for that. And I pray, Father, we would go out of this place and into our communities alive and full of the life of God every single day. I pray, Father, we could get free from all of the bickering and division and stuff we see around us and be ministers bringing life and peace and joy and health into those situations. That's who you've called us to be. So Lord, we need your help. Father, we need your power to do it. We receive it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we are going to say it on the count of three that Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world and will be dismissed. Right? One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.